Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. Welcome to a new episode. Did you know that September is recovery month? That's right. September was declared recovery month way back in 1989. Somewhere between 20 and 23 million Americans report being in recovery, having overcome at least one addiction in their lifetime. That's a lot of people. But sharing that information can sometimes be difficult. Sometimes people don't want to share that information because of the long-standing tradition of anonymity that protects a lot of recovery fellowships, which is completely understandable. Another reason is the stigma and fear of judgment or discrimination that still exists today in society because as far as we've come with re- addiction and recovery information, many people still don't really understand it. And sometimes what we don't understand, we have a fear of. Mental health and substance use disorders affect people across the board, all ethnicities, ages, genders, geographic regions, socioeconomic levels, everybody. It's equal opportunity. So we all probably know someone that has addiction or who is in recovery. That's really real information. Now, people can get better. People do get better physically and emotionally. Today, we're going to hear an interview that I conducted with Rick Bingham. He is a fellow helping professional. He's going to tell us a story about the purple bandana. We hope that you enjoy. So excited to be here today with Rick Bingham, who has a pretty awesome story that he's told in the addiction community for a while. So I invited him here today to share his story of the purple bandana with us. Is that it, Paula? Is that all the introduction I get? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll go with that. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here with you, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that this uh, event that happened to me, gosh, 18 years ago now, uh, will be an, in the, an inspiration to you. And uh, so I don't forget. Let me let you know there is no trademark, uh, no no copyright on this story, and so. Uh, I want you to use it in any way that you can that is beneficial to you personally, to the people you know in your life personally, and to those that you work with professionally. Uh, That's part of the story, as you'll understand later on. So uh, here we go. So about 18 years ago now, I was delivering drug screen specimens to our lab that we used, and uh, only because it was on my way home, and saved us some uh, postage. So I always went by there a couple of times a week. And this one particular time that I went by there, uh, the uh, front parking lot was full and I had to go around to the back parking lot of the building. I didn't know my way around the building. uh, So I parked in the back parking lot and started to try to find my way through uh, the halls and offices to find where I was supposed to be. Well, in that process, I'm walking by there's office and the door's open and there's a lady in there who is crying. And when I say crying, I'm talking bawling, you know, the kind of crying that happens where, uh, you know, the snot's flying everywhere and you're going through tissues uh, and uh, you lose your breath. And every time you try to take your breath, you 
you start crying again. Well, it was it was that kind of crying this lady was doing. I didn't I didn't know who she was, so I just kept moving. I found where I was supposed to be, and so I dropped off the specimens and uh, shot the breeze a minute. And then when I left, I went down that same wrong hallway, and that lady was still in there uh, bawling. And uh, I couldn't, I just couldn't stand it anymore. So I, I stuck my hand, you know, head around the door jam and, and just sort of said, hey, are you all right? And through her tears, she said she was. However, um, I didn't believe her. So uh, I don't know how this actually happened, but I ended up inside her office, sitting across the desk from, from this lady, listening to her tell me, uh, a stranger, her story of pain. I, uh, I was blown away, uh, mostly by the fact that she was willing to tell me this and not even knowing who I am and then how transparent and how vulnerable she was and she never stopped crying. Now, while she's doing this, I'm trying to think of uh, something useful to say and uh, helpful to say, and I'm just, I am, I am just not able to do it. I probably had some prayer thought going on, you know, like, uh, hey, give me something because I'm not able to come up with anything. I sure know I was, I was anxious and, and wanting to, to say something. It never came to me until this lady um, ran out of tissues and she started to get up to go get tissues and I interrupted her. And um, as, a, as, a, as a backdrop to what I'm about to tell you, I'm from rural Oklahoma, and back in those days before my feet started hurting, I always wore my, my cowboy boots and my starch wranglers and, and my starch long sleeve cowboy shirt, you know, and I always had a bandana. Usually I got up and went to work in the dark, and I would... Uh, just grab a bandana out of the drawer. I never knew paying attention to what color they were. So as she started to get up from uh, the desk, I interrupted her and said, no, 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 no. And I, and I reached in my back pocket and I, and I pulled out a, a bandana and it was uh, similar to this one right here, a purple bandana. And uh, I handed it to her and she reached for it. And, and then as she reached for it, she, um, she said, well, I'll get it back to you. And I tried to make a joke out of it by saying, no, 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 you hang on to it. And uh, as soon as I said, you hang on to it, uh, I knew exactly what to say. And I believe to this day that I, the words were given to me. And so I told her, keep this bandana and let it remind you of three things. First, purple is the color of royalty. And what I told her that day was that in my way of thinking, you're the child of the creator of the universe. That makes you royalty. That makes you special, even when you don't feel special. And, and I believe that's true, even if we're not talking about uh, the creator. I think we're all special, even when we don't feel special. And second, purple uh, is the color of bruises. Now, this lady was not, uh, she wasn't bruised on the outside. She was bruised on the inside. You know, that phrase we use in recovery circles uh, is uh, uh, living life on life's terms. Well, that's what she was doing. And uh, life was not being fair. It wasn't being gentle with her. 
and uh, a lot of things were going on. And she seemed to be starting to feel a little bit better. And then third, purple, as I told her, is the color of recovery. It's the color of healing. Well, in the United States of America, September is recovery month and purple is the official color of recovery, as I'm told by CSAP and SAMHSA. So when she took that purple bandana then, as I told her that third thing, she started crying again. And, I, and the reason she started crying is she was so thankful for her recovery because this lady was at that time five years clean from IV heroin use, active member of an NA group, and she was a sponsor and had several sponsees. Uh, it was just life, just life was, was really hurting her. But again, she seemed to feel better and I'm just codependent enough as a counselor to feel better too. And so uh, she gave me a hug and, and I left, not, not realizing what had really happened right there. So now you fast forward, I'm gonna say about a month, okay? Same scenario and I'm going in that same back door and I'm going past this lady's office. And by the way, I have permission to use her name. Uh, her name is Laura. And so I'm going past Laura's office she sees me walking by and I'm going to just keep moving. And she calls to me and says, Hey, Rick, Hey, Rick. Well, I'm trying to make a, uh, you know, a, a joke out of it again. And I say, I don't want my bandana back. And Laura says uh, very firmly, you can't have it back. And, and by the way, with much more colorful language, uh, I have it hung up on the bulletin board at the uh, front of my apartment. It's the last thing I see every day when I go to work. And it's the first thing I see every night when I come home. And so every day it reminds me of three things. First, I'm a special person, even when I don't feel special. And second, I'm gonna get hurt in this life. And third, I'm gonna heal. Wow. And the thing is, this. This was a neat moment. I started crying. I'm not afraid to. I'm, I'm only afraid to start crying because I think sometimes I'll never stop. So I, I cried on that occasion and she gave me a hug and, and I left. And uh, I went out to the parking lot and I called my wife and I said, uh, I said, Stephanie, um, order me some purple bandanas. I'll, um, I'll explain later. Well, you see, the reason I was crying was, uh, yeah, it was a special moment. That's not the main reason I was crying. I was crying because a month earlier, I had really missed it. I missed what had really happened there. I, I was one of those people in my personal life that I believe that uh, my prayers hit the ceiling and bounced right back down. I believe that what I did was my work and my effort. And I, and I didn't give the creator much, um, many props for that. Every now and then I would. But as obvious as this was, I'm having some kind of prayer thought. And then in minutes, not hours, not days, not weeks, in minutes, there's really an answer for me. And I missed it as an answer from, from the creator of the universe. Wow. 
I was so full of guilt, so full of guilt and shame. Because I started thinking back, how many of my prayers, how many of my prayer thoughts were answered? And I missed them because I was in too big a hurry. Because I had things to do, people to see, places to go. I had all kinds of things in my life, like most of us. And maybe I, and probably I missed answers to prayer because of that. And then it got worse. Then I got to thinking, oh my goodness, how many people, how many people have I walked by? Have I looked over? Have I have been in my path? And I either didn't see them or hear them or recognize their pain and that I might be helpful or I just ignored them. Again, because I was in too big a hurry to get from one place to the next. So on that day, about 18 years ago, I decided that uh, I, had to, I had to do something about it. So my wife ordered the purple bandanas and I made it, I don't know if you call it a mission or not. I just made it my, one of my purposes in life to always have this purple bandana. And if I don't have one in my back pocket, it's because I just gave one away. Or I ran out and I haven't been back to Hobby Lobby to get any more. So I always have a purple bandana. And I share them with folks that I see. I, I do my best to be aware, whether I'm at Walmart or Walgreens or a parking lot or a church or at a conference. You know, when I make presentations, uh, trainings and for CEUs and stuff like that, I uh, make it a point at some point in the training to tell the purple bandana story and to give away a copy of the story and, the, and a bandana. At the Anti-Aging Longevity Center, uh, one of the places that I work at now and have worked at for about 20 years now, all new patients are given a copy of the story and a purple bandana. I could, uh, I could tell you all kinds of stories. Uh, Paul and I were talking earlier. I, I mentioned that a lot of times I, I don't tell a whole lot of stories of the follow-up of what happens afterwards. Before I do that, let me just mention something to you. As cool as this is, and it, and it is, and as encouraging as it is, um, it's not really the bandana, the physical bandana that's the most important thing. It's you. You see, you're the bandana. Your life, your influence, you're the bandana. The people that you're around every day Colleagues, clients, patients, people you don't even know when you stop and you see. You see, that's why I, I say there's no trademark. There's no copyright on this, okay? Make it yours any way you want to, to encourage people. So it wasn't long after, wasn't long after the, uh, this event that I was uh, down in San Antonio uh, and uh, making a presentation at TAP conference. And the presentation was on um, spirituality uh, and recovery. There were about all oh, 50 or 60 people in the, in the class. And so we talked about spirituality and recovery. And then at the end of the presentation, I told the purple bandana story. Now, when I'm just telling the story, 
and I've got a room full of people, ahead of time, I'll pick a chair. I'll just say, whoever's in that chair is, is going to get this bandana. And over the years, it's an uncanny thing. It seems like the person who needed it got it. So at the end of this presentation, I tell the purple bandana story. And at the end of the at bandana story, there was a guy named uh, Jim. And um, I handed him the uh, bandana and Jim starts to cry. And he says, could I say something? And I said, you're right. Uh, you sure can. And so he told his story. And he said, that, you know, in, in the January of this year, uh, my father died. And in March, around through there, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And just six weeks ago, part of my house burned down. If anybody needs a reminder about hope and healing, it's me. Of course, the whole room now is in tears. And it was a, it was a really a, a special moment. Now, fast forward a few weeks, and I get an email from, uh, from Jim. And Jim says, hey, Rick. I had to go buy my own bandana. I gave mine away. I ran into somebody who needed it more than me. Wow. I, 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 I tear up thinking about that. Now, here's a wild one. Okay. So uh, I used to do some, uh, some trainings uh, for uh, ICDS, uh, LCDC training school. And I would tell the purple bandana story and give all the students the ba a bandana. This is way, this is a, a probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Okay. And so one day I get a phone call from one of the previous students, a lady named Ricky, really like her name. And uh, she calls me up and, and, and says, hey, Rick, you'll never believe what happened. And I said, what's that? And she said, well, I got a purple bandana. And so I said, what are you talking about? You got a purple bandana. I gave you a purple bandana. She said, yeah. And I was at a training uh, and she was working in the Stephenville area or something. She says, I was down at a training down south and there was this dude from Amarillo doing a training and telling the identical purple bandana story. <laughs> what do you think of that, Rick? And my answer was, uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I can tell you, oh gosh, more and more stories about what has come back to me. And I'm going to tell you uh, one more. And that is, uh, I buy them at Hobby Lobby. And so I went into Hobby Lobby one day, and as I'm going through the checkout counter, there's a young lady there, and she just didn't look like she was uh, feeling very good. And so as I'm buying my bandanas, I said, well, um, could, I, could you take a break? Are you okay? And she said, well, I'm just not having a good day. And so she had somebody to come to the counter and we stepped over to the side and I said, could I, uh, could I tell you a little story that might encourage you? And she said, yes. And so I told her the purple bandana story and I gave her one of those bandanas I just bought. Now, about nine or 10 months later, I go back in there to get more bandanas. This young lady is still working there. She sees me coming through the line and she says, I have to talk to you. And I said, well, sure, what's, what's, what's up? She says, 
there was a lady came in here a couple of weeks ago buying purple bandanas. And I asked her, what are you going to do with all those bandanas? And she said, well, if you got a minute, I'll tell you a story. And it was the same story. What do you think of that? And I said again, I'm not in charge of this. I obviously I am not in charge of this. So I could tell you more and more stories about that where folks I gave bandanas to passed them along to somebody else and passed them along to somebody else. And so I've gotten stories from as far south as Honduras, as far north as Chicago, uh, as far east as uh, New Jersey, and, and as far west as San Diego, California, and a couple places in between, how it has encouraged folks in a way that I couldn't have done, and I'm just doing my part. So I want to tell you one more story. Once you got me going, Paula, it's hard to shut me up, as folks who know me know. And so I'm doing a group. I do a little bit of work for Arise. I got one of their shirts on here. And so I'm at Fort Worth Arise last year. And I'm doing a morning group down there. And I come out of the morning group. And outside the building that their office is in, there's a, there's a, a salad place. And as I'm coming out, I look to my left. And I see these two ladies at a table there. And they are um, visiting with one another and eating salads. I get in my truck and I'm getting ready to back out, but I stop and I'm looking at those folks, those two ladies, and it, it doesn't look like they're happy with one another. <laughs> and just from, I didn't hear them, I just saw the interaction with them. And I thought, you know what? I think this could be a spot for some hope and some healing. And so I get out of my truck, I take two bandanas and two copies of the, of the story. I walk up to the ladies, total stranger, total stranger, and say, ma'am, ma'am, my name is Rick. I just saw you here, and it looks like uh, you need to hear a story. or something. I'm not exactly sure what I said that opened the door, and they said, sure. So I told him the same story I'm telling you, probably a little less uh, long, and gave them the bandanas and the stories, and these two ladies both look up at me and go, Wow, we really needed that. Ha! Last thing I'm going to say is this. Over all these 18 years, nobody has said no. Nobody has said, no, you can't tell me the story. You're a complete stranger. You look a little weird anyway. Uh, so, no move on down the road what are you selling that's probably what i would do nobody nobody has ever questioned and you say yeah tell it to me you know the folks that we deal with those wonderful human beings <clears throat> they want the same thing we want they want hope and they want healing they don't want to hurt they want to be happy, just like you and I do. So if we can be a, a little reminder, a little reminder. To me, that's what they call a no-brainer. So 
you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of purple bandanas <laughs> or purple anything. You don't have to do that. Okay. Uh, one of my students uh, works in a prison and they wouldn't let her bring in bandanas because it was a gang sign symbol, right? So she bought purple construction paper, told the story and handed out construction paper. Oh gosh, and that story goes on and on with that young lady. So that's why I say you're the bandana. You don't have to buy them. You just be it. I know you can. Paula, thank you for the invite. Thank you so much for telling me. I've always loved hearing that. I didn't, I hadn't heard some of those follow-up stories. I really like that. But it isn't it interesting that, you know, purple is kind of the color for recovery, you know? I mean, like all the recovery month um, mm -hmm. imagery and stuff is purple. And it's just, I don't know, it all just kind of balances well together so i'm so glad that on that day so many years ago you listened to whoever was speaking to you mm -hmm. to give her laura some information do you hear from her well that's a good question yes i do we're friends on facebook and uh every blue moon uh you know we may uh, meet and have coffee she's doing well uh her recovery is still strong and uh so i consider her and i think she would consider me a friend and as always, don't forget that knowledge leads to a life lived better. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph. 